to the Mastering College Podcast, a guide to landing your dream job. I'm your host, Daniel Botero, and my goal is to help you take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest. I have Terry Walsh. She is a CPA and a college professor, and we're going to dive into the topics of student loans. And this is a very important topic for me because like most people in the United States that graduate from college, I also graduated college with um, over $20,000 in student loans. And so it took me almost five years to pay them off, but that's not the usual, but it was really a burden early on in my career. So it's an important topic just for awareness purpose and to help you avoid getting those student loans that might be so simple and easy to get while you're in school. But I'm not going to talk about this by myself. This is why I have a very special guest. So Terry, how are you today? Very good. Thank you so much. Since this is such an important topic, I feel very privileged to be here. Thank you, Daniel. No, thank you for being here. Um, I'm excited because once we connected on LinkedIn and I saw that video of you speaking about student loans on Fox, I was like, I need to have you on the podcast because you said so many interesting things that really hit it home for me. So I'm just excited for our time together. But before we dive into the topic of student loans, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have been a college professor for 18 years, Um, currently 18 years at a community college, but I've also taught at a for-profit college, um, university, and I've been around for many years, great college students, and have just felt very compelled about this issue. I also was a certified public accountant, still, still am, and I worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers. I worked at small accounting firms, was a CPA for 19 years as a career, and then started getting intrigued by teaching accounting and less about doing accounting, trying to really promote the accounting profession, which is, by the way, a great major because it does allow students to graduate and get great jobs out there. So big proponent of the accounting profession, but also a big proponent for college students to wisely go through their school and keep their debt to a very minimum. Perfect. So I know that you're very passionate about education. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about what really attracted you more to, I know you said a little bit about 19 years in being a CPA or practicing CPA and then now teaching, but why did you decide to make that change? Well, I guess it goes back to Early on as a teenager, I actually loved drama, acting, singing, dancing. And so my initial goal was to get to Hollywood somehow. And so when I was um, 16, I decided to apply at various colleges, and I really wanted to go to one of these Ivy League schools. Did get accepted there conditionally upon some interviews and looked at the cost. And so I was very down about it. But in those days, you could only borrow up to, I think, about 75% of tuition. And that has changed very much. 
And I decided to see what my local options were, and I ended up going to a local great school near where I live where the tuition was pretty low, and I, and I also um, was on Pell Grants, so I had to work through my college time. And then in the interim, I, as a college student, I switched my major because then I realized as much as I wanted to get to Hollywood, I also needed to pay my bills. And I realized I wasn't as great as some of these other great um, fellow students in the drama communication area. So I majored in accounting and I've never looked back and was very grateful to come out of college with a great job with PricewaterhouseCoopers and also to be able to be a CPA. And so I started just um, having this great career with no debt. And then I started hearing from my own friends how their, their, some of their own children were starting to incur a lot of debt, even when some of their or most of their tuition was paid. And then when I started to decide to teach and try to give back a little bit um, and work at the community college locally near me and leave my profession behind, I started noticing a lot of students in my classes having debt far surpassing what it cost them to be at the community college. And then when I taught at universities also, I saw the same thing, that the debt load was far surpassing what the tuition was. And so it concerned me very much, and I started being an advocate and started giving financial literacy um, themes in the classroom as well as counseling a lot of them in my office. And so this is a passion for me very much, especially with the statistics. Yeah, so let's dive deep into a little bit of the numbers. Um, the reason why I know student debt is a big problem is because here's some statistics that I give when I do a lot of speeches in front of college students. And 85% of students are graduating without a job lined up. It's taking them six years to graduate with a four-year bachelor's degree, and they're graduating with about $40,000 of student debt. And I know you have the exact numbers, and we'll dive into that. But this is the and so when I when I tell students that that's very scary to think that wait it's gonna take me six years to graduate there's gonna be a really high chance that I'm not gonna have a job lined up and I'm gonna graduate with almost forty thousand dollars with the student debt and the average person with a bachelor's degree in the United States makes less than forty thousand dollars a year that doesn't sound like a winning formula at all and so. The, per, the reason why we want to talk about this in the podcast is, sure, this might not help you land your dream job, but it might help you make better decisions to help you get to your ideal life. Uh, I'm telling you, as somebody who had to pay $20,000 with the student debt, and that's only half of the average, it was the most painful check to write every time uh, because it was the easiest money to receive while I was in college. And so let me, let's me let dive into some of those numbers. I know, Terry, you know a lot about this. What do the numbers tell you? Like, what's the picture that you gather from all the research that you've done? Sure. So so I've looked at the numbers. In fact, that special you alluded to, um, that um, uh, Fox special I did, the, at that time, the debt was $1.2 trillion dollars in total U.S. student loan debt. So that was only a couple of years ago. Now it's $1.5 trillion. 
and, and it's growing. The average debt for a student right now is $39,000, as you had said, and that's according to the College Board. And 44.2 million Americans have um, student loan debt. That means one in four adults are paying off student loans. And the average student loan, as I said, was $39,000, 6% increase from last year alone. The delinquency rate is about 11.2%, and that's for 90 days and over delinquent are in default. And the average monthly student loan payment for, for, for the ages 20 to 30 is $351. So there's, there's a lot here, and it's preventing, it's been shown now so much. In fact, I had a conversation with some of my advisory board members on my particular college's accounting advisory board member that said they're noticing that, that mortgages cannot be approved because too many of the young people have too much student debt. Because of the debt-to-income ratio. That's correct. That's correct. So the debt-to-income ratio doesn't affect a student while they're in school or even when they maybe get out. But once they start wanting to get a home, and it just was mentioned, um, I think in Forbes, that actually millennials and the young people, they do want to buy homes. The reason they're saying they're not buying homes is because of a lot of times, their mm-hmm. student loan debt. They're delaying marriage. They're delaying having children. And they're quite concerned about it, and that's probably one of the highest stress factors for them, what I notice also from um, graduates, too. And it's particularly damaging for, for individuals who struggle to repay their loans because they have fees attached to it, penalties, and the rapidly what we call the accumulating interest. So it's, 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 it's very sad to see. I see it almost daily. And so I, I do think it's a little um, scary for students who don't realize it's just a button to, button to press it, very easy to get it, very hard to pay off. And so there's a lot of things you can do to avoid this situation from a student standpoint. Of course, we're all in it together as well because it is um, – you know, federalized, and so there is taxpayer money. All of this is taxpayer money. So, so we can so solve me, it. I want to talk a little bit about um, how how easy it is for a student to get the loans, but then how hard it becomes to repay it. Because I'll tell you a very easy scenario. And I mean, I'm telling you this from firsthand experience. Once you first uh, get your all the letter in the in the emails about you starting paying off your student loans is about a couple months after graduation. So you don't start you don't have to start paying off your loans six months after graduation, and they're very flexible on how you pay it in in a sense. I don't know that you're gonna have to pay it, but they'll work with you. And there's even programs that allow you to pay of it less, and as you make more money in your career, you pay more later on. And for me, I. I I, I would tell you that I chose one of those options, and so my monthly payment was not the three hundred and twenty dollars that the average person is paying. I was paying one hundred and twenty dollars a month, and for about one year I did that. But what I noticed was that at the end of the one year, I actually owed more money than what I was than I had originally taken out, and the reason was because now. I was paying interest. And since I had $20,000 or more worth of loans, my interest every month was more than my minimum payment of $120. And so it was essentially became a life sentence of having the student loans. 
And it wasn't until I became disciplined enough to be paying like $400, $500 a month that I was able to then get out of it. But that's not something that you think about when you are taking them out. So what are your thoughts on all that? Well, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's so easy to get a student loan. Now, you know, before I had to fill out a loan application a long time ago and could only borrow up to about 75% of tuition. Now it's a button. And it's in, you know, at every college, it's just a button. And so students, I've, I find, in fact, I have an interesting statistic. 88% of graduates who received Pell Grants, and I was one of those that received Pell Grants, which is the federal government allowing people with low income like myself when I was young to be able to attend college with, with a lot of the tuition being paid. So 88% of graduates who received Pell Grants had student loans with an average of $31,000. So that suggests to me that they're living on them and, and maybe not wise to take out all this debt. Um, and and 53% who did not get a Pell Grant had student loan debt, but they borrowed less, about $5,000 less than the ones with Pell Grants. So when you're saying how easy, very easy, but very hard. So so I do have some advice. I don't know if we're yeah, in no. that yet. Give some but advice. <laughs> first, first advice is try to avoid it entirely. Try not to go to a school that you can't afford. So where, where I work, for example, I work at a state college, which is a community college in the state of Florida, and um, we have, very, it, it's about $3,200 for a full year of tuition, which is very inexpensive compared to 10000 on average a year for um, a university in the state of Florida. So avoid the student debt, come to a community college. Unless you know the program, because many students I see don't know what they want to major in, and so they go right to a university or, or a high to higher tuition, and they, they, even they go out of state because they can. It's just a button to be able to go and get all the loans, et cetera, and then they, they, they find out it was the wrong school because they're making choices that aren't necessarily great for their end result of getting that great degree learning and getting that great job. And so what I find is students, if they can't afford, like I did in my own life, if you can't afford a great college out of state or even in state, you go to the community college first. You try to avoid room and board because if you can't pay the tuition except for loans, you sure can't pay for the room and board. Um, even even things like I've watched some students, they, they, will, they will want to study abroad. And I tell you, an internship versus studying abroad, the internship is going to pay off with a job at the end of the degree compared to a study abroad. Not to say study abroads aren't great, but if, if you're paying loans to do that, I, I would say that's not a good investment. Um, the other thing I would say is try to get grants based on your FAFSA. There are grants out there. Many universities have grants which you don't have to pay back. This is not loans. Um, and you can get scholarships. Many are not need-based. So there are many scholarships out there. I know for a fact our college has many scholarships, give quite a bit of scholarships out if the students would apply and they're knowledgeable about it and will write the essay and get the <laughs> recommendation letters. Because, yes, there are some things to do, but it's well worth it. 
Um, also, you can negotiate tuition, especially if you go to a private university. Students don't know that that is just a sticker price like a car. You can negotiate tuition, and so they don't have to take the first the first offer. They because all, especially private universities, they're fighting and competing against each other for students and the loans that hopefully won't come with it. But they also know that students do have loans that can come with it and can pay. So negotiate that. The other thing is like myself and many at the college I work at, and I did also, I worked through college. And so that gave me better skill sets along with my education degree. And so I was able to get that internship through the work um, the work experience I received. So work experience during school, if not too much, you know, 20, 25 hours a week, helps pay for tuition and books, but also allows you those skills that someone who doesn't work um, you know, you're, you're, you're more competitive when you try to find an internship in that job. So there's, you know, with, with, with the fact that you can have so much money out there, you've got to learn to have restraint because the restraint is not where it used to be years ago. It's very easy to get it, very hard to pay. And, it, and, and remember, student loans don't go away. They, they go to the grave, employers um, the government garnishes, they can garnish your tax returns, your social security, even when you're older, they can garnish your wages. It does not go away in bankruptcy, and it's unsecured debt, and that's the worst kind of debt to have. Secured debt is like a mortgage or a, or a car loan. Those are better types of debt. It is not good debt to have. It's more like bad yeah. debt. I, I once read an article, maybe not too long ago, that it's either one out of 14 or one out of 18 divorces in the United States was caused by student loans. That's right. And um, I always knew that the number one reason people got divorced was because of finances, but it wasn't until I read the article that such a high number came from student loans themselves. And I want you to think about a, a very realistic scenario. If you are, you know, you're in college and you're graduating with a lot of student loans and you end up marrying someone who either very fortunate their parents paid for it or they got scholarships or they worked their way through college and they had no debt if once you guys get married that is you're together right you whether it's on your name or a one person's name or, or it's a both of you you're gonna have to pay that together and that will cause some friction um and so i think one of the things i want to talk about in the remaining time that we have together is I understand, right? Statistically, if you're listening to this, you have some sort of debt already. So we'd love to spend the remaining of our time talking about, A, how can students who are currently in college who have a couple of years left can avoid taking some student loans? And I think you mentioned some of them already. So um, you just maybe will bullet, uh, bullet point some of them. And then B, what are your suggestions on paying them off once they graduate? Okay, so for instance, if, if you're still in college and you already have student debt and you're trying to minimize the rest of the debt, try to find an internship or try to, try to find an employer that um, will, when, once you graduate, be able to have some kind of a, um, so some employers have um, loan repayment situations. You can also, if you graduate and you have that job, there are um, um, to, um, payment plans out there for student loan debt where it's 
it, you only have to pay 10% of the income that you make. As long as you stay current with that and you don't miss a payment, you can in perpetuity or for you know a very long period of time, you know, until you get to the the income level that you need to be at in order to pay it off more rigorously, like you did, mm-hmm. Daniel. Um, try to get that 10% limit on income so that so that you're not right after graduation, where many students have to buy a car and they're looking at a lot of other expenses, work clothes, professional clothes. You know, you, you want to try to limit and still be in good standing, but limit the amount that you're paying off initially until you get that experience with your first job. And then you either, you know, are career advancing in that company or, you know, after a couple of years with the experience can really advance in another company for a higher salary and then start paying off your student loan very vigorously. So if you can the first job, great, but if you can't, at least pay the 10% and get on that type of mm-hmm. um, pen- penalty uh, um, payment plan. Um, the other thing I would suggest, though, is to find out how much you owe. I am shocked by how many students over the last 10 years that do not know how much they owe. And some, when we kind of looked it up online, you know, they would be shocked that they owed $30,000 and they're just finishing their two-year degree. I have a student right now, I'm counseling her financially. She has $70,000, went to a community college with Pell Grants, with, now with her four-year degree graduating next May, has $70,000 in debt. And she's not sure where it went to until she starts tracking all the costs. And she did not understand that all that amount she borrowed was accruing interest. And that's another thing. It's free money, it seems like, but, th- but most of these loans accrue interest while you're still in school, and then you are expected to start paying it off. And that interest can grow to two times the amount, depending upon how much you've taken it out. And um, and the other thing is, if you miss a payment, it can drop a good credit score by 100 points. Oh, my God. 100 points. Wow. No, no. I mean, those are some, some great, great uh, facts that you said. In terms of... Um, being disciplined and paying off student loans. Um, what I, you talked about in, in your first job, you can you know set up a plan where you're only paying ten percent of what you're currently making, and then in the future pay more. Um, I always try to have think students is if you can live like a college student, the first three to five years after you graduate, you can really set yourself up with the good financial uh, for the rest of, you know, for the rest of your career, uh, your career, you can be able to pay off your student loans because one of the biggest things that I see is that your expenses are closely correlated with your, what you bring in. And so you can accustom yourselves to living on a college student budget, but making a lot more money now that you graduate, use that money to get off debt. You know, it's not just student loans, your credit cards and everything else. Try to get off debt and you'll see how the rest of your career, you'll be able to actually start building wealth because you can't build wealth until you pay off what you owe. So we'd love to talk to you a little bit more about since you, you know, you've been an accountant, you've been a CPA, what are some good uh, fin- uh, personal finance advice that you might have for the audience? Well, I think you're right. Live, live like you were as a college student um, and, you know, don't buy that first 
well, probably you can't even afford to buy that first house with all that student loan debt, but I definitely wouldn't buy. I do see a lot of students, they buy that first brand new expensive car. I think that's a huge mistake. I think you should still drive that car as long as it works, no matter what it looks like, until you're able to afford a payment. A lot of students will lease lease a car, which is very expensive, to get that brand new car that is that's a mistake especially remembering the average student loan debt is is about uh the you know a 351 dollars i think it is so so don't so don't buy anything brand new right after college the and and the reason why i said maybe do that 10 percent of your income the first year or two is as you're living like a college student basically still poor I've noticed some students are reluctant to give up their serving jobs that pay a lot. They're, you know, even after graduation to accept what they would consider too little of a job offer for what they've had to borrow and what they've worked for for the four years or six years that they've been in college. And my my thought to them is if it's a job that's going to allow you to advance and it, it you know, but but you're afraid because you can't make your loan payments, do the 10% minimum, like a minimum payment, like on a credit card bill, until you get that experience and you're worth a lot to an employer. Because sometimes that entry-level salary is not as important as what you're learning and doing with that company. And that's why sometimes to be too vigorous, paying it off immediately, it's very some students will go for the company that offered her them the high salary that won't move very much up the needle as much as that that lower salary that really will teach them a lot to move them to the next level. So so it really depends. So I try to counsel students individually as they get their job offers, which one are going to launch them that dream career instead of trying to grab that dream career initially off the bat. Because I know sometimes a $40,000 a year job or even a $28,000 job cannot sound great after college, but if they're learning a lot, it really does advance them versus maybe something that's the 50000 or they're still serving you know, at great high restaurants and making great tips, but that's not going to launch them into a long-term career. So so it's it's really individual personalized counseling, but to to be savvy enough to make sure they can do a budget. Do a budget first and see what you can afford and try to live poor for a while. I, I, I think it's um what you said something was was really great. You talk you mentioned about um the actually it's called the restaurant trap, you know, the serving trap. And a lot of my close friends from high school, um, fall, a lot of people in Orlando fall into that just because we have so many great restaurants with the hospitality that they make more money being a server than they do with a bachelor's degree. And my, my challenge to them has always been, that is true, but what? how does that look like three, four years down the road, right? Because you can say if you work at a, at a great restaurant and you're making, let's say, an average of $50,000 a year, right? $300, $400 a night, um, great. But 10 years down the line, you're going to be making about the same. But 10 years down the line, your bills are not going to be about the same. So you need to put yourself in a position and sometimes it might seem take a step backwards to be able to go five steps forward. And I think that's where you have to balance it. And if you are... Good. If you're going to say, well, hey, I, I need the money. My bills are accustomed to a $50,000 job. That's true. But doesn't mean that you can't work on the weekends as a server. 
and make up the other twenty, thirty thousand dollars. So I think it's in life we got to take a couple sacrifices to go forward. Um, but but it's always going to go down to where do you see your life in five years from now, and what do you need to do now to build that foundation. So uh, if it's easy, everybody would do it. Um, Terry, any other last words of advice that you have? to the audience when it comes to student loans, personal finances? Oh, gosh. I I think always be cognizant of your cash inflows and cash outflows. It's very simple. And if you have to track it daily, balance your checkbook or balance your, 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 your checking account. I do notice a lot of students don't really know how much they have in their bank account or, or actually what flows out of their bank account. So I do think that is is crucial and and there's plenty online there's uh, you know there's google budgets lot, lots of different um things online to keep you um accountable to your finances so so just be cognizant of it and try to spend less and make more but while you're in college expect to spend a lot less in terms of personal things and with the goal that you will earn a lot more later. Absolutely. I think we can definitely create a whole nother episode on personal finances. One thing I would just tell you is be self-aware. Just like I tell you, be self-aware about yourself, be self-aware of your finances um, and live below your means. And uh, that's what it, com- what it comes down to when it comes to personal finance. And pull your credit, pull your credit score, pull your credit every year to look at it. You know, um, make sure you pay those utility bills first <laughs> and um, remember those student loans because they don't go away at all. They don't. Well, Terry, we spoke a lot, almost 30 minutes now about student loans. We, um, student loans, we talked about, you know, personal finance a little bit. But if the student listening to it right now could only remember one thing, what would you wish they took away from this episode? I think be smart about college. Be smart about getting the the right education, which doesn't mean necessarily major, but when you're in a writing class or an English class, make sure you you are learning. If you, if you're paying and incurring all that debt, you want to be learning, not just getting a credential because at the end that cr- credential without the learning won't help pay the student loan debt off. And we want very happy college graduates helping and being productive members of society. So I really feel that be aware, be cognizant of being in college. Try to try to learn everything you can. No, I agree. Just don't be, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Dr. Messiah always says, just don't be a sea warmer. Come to college, get your money's worth, and take advantage of everything that they have to offer because it's more That's than right. just a class. Get the value and, 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 and try to avoid student debt. Just pretend the button's not there. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better. Terry, thank you so much. I think you're great. Keep doing this. Keep doing this, Daniel. I will. I will. This is it. This is it. Thank you. Uh, Have a great day. And everybody else, I'll see you guys on the next episode. If you've listened thus far to this episode of the podcast, you absolutely rock. But now I need your help. Please make sure you subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you so much and talk to you soon.